Romans 8, verses 14. It said, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 16, The Spirit itself, or as many translations say, Himself, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You can see from these two great New Testament scriptures that children of God can be and should be led by the Spirit of God and that the means whereby He leads us is by bearing witness with our spirit. Now, we had said to you before that uh, it's very important the decisions that we make, that decisions determine direction and direction determines destiny. The decisions you make set you on a certain course. If you stay on that course, you wind up in a certain, at a certain destination. And so if you're going to be assured that you make the right decision, you got to be led by the Spirit of God. And we talked about how that God leads us. We said, you know, from this scripture that God bears witness with what part of our being? Our spirit. And we mentioned from 1 Thessalonians 5 that the Bible says, I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus. Uh, how Proverbs 3 had said, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. And so we distinguished that there's a difference between the heart and the head. And we had said, you know, that Proverbs 20, 27, said, 20 verse 27 said, uh, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. And we had said, you know, that God is going to lead us and guide us by His Spirit through our own spirit, our heart. And when we say spirit, we're talking about the inward man. You know, really, you are, you're, not, you're not just a body. You are a spirit. You have a mind. You live in a body. If you didn't have a body, you'd still be you outside of the body. You'd be a spirit being. You're, God's a spirit. You're made in the image of God and the likeness of God. You're a spirit. You have a mind. You're not just mind and body. You are a spirit. You have a mind and you live in a body. Whether you understand that fully or not, don't throw it away. Think about it. Ponder it. But what part of our being is God going to lead and guide us through? Our spirit. So we need to locate and identify our spirit in order to be sensitive to his leadings. He didn't say he's going to lead us through our body. He didn't say the Spirit of God bears witness with your flesh. He didn't say the Spirit of God bears witness with your head or with your mind. The Spirit of God bears witness with your spirit. So if you try to be led through physical feeling and sensation, you're not going to be being led by the Spirit. If you try to be led by your head, you're not going to be being led by the Spirit. You've got to learn how to be led by your own heart by your own spirit, because the Spirit of God leads you through your own heart. Can you say amen? Now, we went, we went on to study and talk about the fact that if God leads you through your heart, then the condition of your heart makes a big difference as to how easy or difficult it is for the Lord to lead you. And we talked about the fact how that you, you don't need to have a cluttered heart. You need to have a clear heart. We talked about the fact that you don't, that different conditions of heart that make it easy for the Spirit of God to lead you is to have a clear heart, a clear conscience. Don't be disobedient. 
Don't uh, procrastinate and put things off. You see, obey, do what God deals with you to do, when he deals with you to do it, and don't have a bunch of backlog of things inside you and confusion and what have you. Keep a clear heart, keep a clear conscience. That makes it easier for God to lead you. We also said that a humble heart and a meek heart is a good condition of heart. Uh, you know, uh, if you're going to be stubborn and hard-headed and what have you, and you want your own way and got your own plan, you see, then it's going to be hard for God to lead you because you, you your heart's not in the good condition. We said sometimes it's very difficult to ascertain God's will until you've laid your will on the altar. You know what we mean by that? You've got to be willing to have it another way than what you thought, to even be open to God's leading. Sometimes folk, are not, they're not even asking the Lord. They made their plans. They got their mind made up. They're going on, you see. And if you don't ask Him, and your, your mind's already made up and you're closed, well, see, your heart's not even in the right condition for God to minister to you and try to lead you. We said that having a, a firm desire to want the right thing. You want God's will and you want the right thing, even if it's something different from what you thought. That, that kind of condition of heart makes it easier for God to lead you. There's so many different things we could talk about there, but I think you can see just kind of a, uh, a general thing. And we, we use the example of uh, tuning in a radio receiver about how you know that if you want to pick up an FM station, you've got to get it off the AM band. Isn't that right? If the, that particular station is located over on the right hand of the dial and you've got your tuner over on the left hand, well, you're not going to pick it up. No matter how loud the volume is, you've got to tune it in to the right spot. And so many times we need to do some tuning on our heart, some attitude adjustments, some motive adjustments, some changes in our thinking and believing, and tune our heart in to where we're, we're on the same band and frequency as God's Spirit is. How many of there are some veins of thinking and what have you that that's, that's a different band from the Holy Ghost? You understand that? <laughs> just, a, just a different channel, you know, different station than, than what the Holy Ghost is saying. You know, the Holy Ghost it, it wants to communicate with us. God is talking to His people. He doesn't talk in an audible voice as a usual thing. He doesn't move through the spectacular and sensational as a usual thing. But God is talking to His people. Sometimes you hear folks say, well, I, just, I can't seem to hear from God. Well, it's not because He's not talking. It's not because He's not communicating to you. You just need to tune in. You need to get on the same band and frequency that he's on. Some, some, you know, the Lord had said back in Isaiah, you know, about God's ways and God's thoughts being higher than, than man's thoughts. And that doesn't mean we can't think his thoughts after him. Or we can't change our ways and adopt his ways. But so many times our ways have been different and our thoughts have been different, so we need to adapt and change. Now yesterday we talked about some real practical things about as far as making decisions. We said don't be hasty. Don't move too quick. We talked about not being influenced by your feelings, by your emotions. We have already talked about not letting other people influence you and these things, waiting on God. But I, I want to get into some, some other details today. Now let me go over some of these things again. First of all, we said in making decisions, uh, one thing to note, don't let or try to get somebody else to make the decision for you. You make the decision. It's your life, it's your body, it's your finances, your marriage, whatever, your relationship. You make the decision. Don't, sometimes other people will try to make the decision for us. Well, this is what you ought to do. Don't let people do that. And then sometimes people will go to get, you tell me what to do. 
Don't do that. Don't try to get somebody to make the decision for you. You make the decision. Uh, secondly, we said, you know, that you can make a decision by just guessing at it. You know? Well, that's risky business, isn't it? You know? You can just say, well, I, I don't know. You know? Draw straws, flip a coin, have folk vote on it, see what everybody thinks, you know? That's risky. You know? God has not left us with such a haphazard way of directing our life. So don't just guess at it. A lot of times people don't want to take the time to hear from God, so they just, well, I don't know, let's, let's try this. Well, see, you're going to miss it doing that. You know? You might not miss it every time, but you're going to miss it a lot doing that kind of thing. You know, you might as well be flipping a coin. One, one guess is good as another. But then, uh, thirdly, you have to watch about this. I didn't mention this much, but this is something to think about. Don't just do what you've always done. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? Sometimes in making decisions, folk just always refer to what, what did we do last time? And do it again. You can miss it by doing that. I said you can miss it by doing that. You know, a good, there's examples. The Bible's full of examples along these lines if we were so inclined and, and had the time to, to, to examine all of them. But you know, just for instance, when David was uh, uh, king, the Bible said when the Philistines, Philistines or Steens, however you want to say it, came against him, uh, those giants, you know, the enemy, came against him, that, uh, that he inquired of the Lord. You know, there's a whole, you could teach a whole sermon on that phrase right there. Inquired of the Lord. Now, now, what, what, what does that mean? Well, he went to the Lord and asked him what he should do. And well, that's always first priority. Isn't it? No matter what happens, you should always go to the Lord and inquire of him and ask him, Lord, what, what are we supposed to do on this? He said, Lord, what do we do? Uh, you know, and the Lord told him, you know, attack and he'd give him victory. And so he did. And they did. They had victory. Not too long after that, the enemy came again. Same, you know, same nation. Philistines came again. And uh, and so the Bible said, though, that he inquired of the Lord again. Now, this looks like a very similar situation, you know. A lot of times folk would just resort to what they did last time. Well, the Lord said, you know, go fight them. I'll give you the victory. Just let's go. But he inquired again. This time the Lord said, no, don't attack them. Go around behind, set up an ambush, and I'm going to do this. Looked like a very similar situation, but God gave him different directions. You know, we need to be careful about just going with, you know, whatever we did last time. You know, people, for the more part, are creatures of habit. You know that? And it's much more comfortable to just stay with the status quo and just do what we usually do than it is to hear from God again. <laughs> you know? It's a lot easier to just, well, what did we do last time? All right, let's do it again. Fine. Well, that's fine if the Lord's leading you that way to do the same thing again. But don't. what I'm saying is don't just assume that because the Lord had told you to do that in that situation one time, that that's what you do all the time. A lot of times, even though it looks like the same type of thing, you need to ask Him again, and sometimes He'll give you different direction to deal with seemingly the same type of situation. So don't just go with what you did last time. Don't just do what you've done in the past. Now, fourthly, we've touched on this yesterday, but don't just make your decisions based on your understanding, as we've sung about and talked about 
Don't just walk by sight. Don't just walk by reasoning. Don't just go by logic. Don't just go by your head. He said, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean to your understanding. In other words, don't depend on it as the basis, final basis of making your decision. He didn't say don't use your head. We've already talked about that. You know, I talked about the example of purchasing an object yesterday. How that a lot of times, uh, 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 you know, if you're going to purchase something, you know, do a little homework, read up on things, what have you. But in the final analysis, just go with what you have in your heart. Sometimes your head might say, oh, this is the best thing. But your heart says, uh-uh. No, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, but just something I can't get settled on on that. And you might, you, you might look at another thing and your head might think, well, I don't know about that. I don't know. And your heart goes, yeah, go ahead. And when I say your heart goes or your heart says, I'm talking about a sense, not a physical feeling, not a voice. I'm just talking about an inward knowing, an inward sense, which we're going to get more into uh, today as we go. But what I'm saying is here in this point, don't make decisions based on your head, on your reasoning, on your logic, on your knowledge. Because we, we said to you, one of, the, one of the main reasons why you shouldn't do that is because I don't care how thorough you do your research, don't care how much you do your homework, you never have all the facts. You don't know the future, for one thing. How are you going to research the future? You know, <laughs> you don't know the future. And the Holy Ghost does. Right? So you, what I'm saying is, even though you think that I am thoroughly versed in this, I have all the information necessary to make the proper decision, you really, I don't care what the area is, you really never have all the facts. And so to totally rely on your knowledge, on your reasoning, on your process of deduction, is, is really to, to rely on a faulty method of making a decision. Now, I realize that most of the world operates like that. Okay, I realize that. But we're Christians. We have something else available to us. Amen. We have the omniscience of God to help us in making decisions. And if we don't take advantage and, uh, and take advantage of what's available to us, then we're just foolish. If we just rely totally on our head like unsaved people do, well, we're foolish when we have the greater one living inside of us who knows everything, who knows the future. Amen. If we don't take advantage of his knowledge and ability, then we're just foolish about it. So finally and fifthly, this leaves another method of making a decision, and that is making a decision based on revelation. Making a decision based on revelation, see, as opposed to reasoning. Making a decision based on revelation, and of all the ones we've mentioned to you, this is the correct one. Like we said, the Bible didn't say, don't use your head. I mean, he gave you a mind so you could use it, right? But the problem gets in where, uh, comes in where people rely completely on their mind. You're going to miss it when you do that. I don't care how much you've developed your mind. I don't care how broad your knowledge is. It is never enough. You never have all the facts. You never know everything. 
So to always make the right decision, you're going to have to, uh, you know, rely on a source of greater significance than your mind. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. And the way He communicates to us is by and through revelation. Now the word revelation conjures up all kinds of thoughts in people's minds, but the word literally means uh, to uncover something or to make something visible. One of the clearest pictures uh, is, is like if we had uh, something uh, in this chair and had a, a sheet over it, uh, then you look at the sheet, you don't, know what's, you don't know what's in the chair. But if I uncover it, then I reveal it. And you have a revelation of what's in the chair, which was previously, uh, you know, you didn't know what was there, but now you do. Or if you've got something dark, and you can't see and you don't know what's there, but you shine the light on it. Now you can see it. It's a revelation. Really, light and revelation go together. God gives us light and we see things and know things that we previously did not know and were not aware of. Now, it's very important to understand that revelation is not the product of the intellect. Okay? Revelation is not the result of you thinking hard on something. It's not the, not the result of you going through the process of elimination and arriving at a certain conclusion. That's reasoning. That's deduction. What I'm talking about doesn't come from your head at all. It comes out of your own heart. And it's not something that you figure out or arrive at, or come to the conclusion of, it's something that just one one second you didn't know it, and now you know it. How did you know it? You didn't figure it out, but it was revealed to you. Like someone reaching on the inside of you and turning on the light. And then you see it. Amen. And since it's that way, you can't take credit for it. You understand? God gets all the glory. You know, uh, it's that way with all teaching and preaching and revelation of the Word of God. If, uh, if, if any minister has anything good that they're sharing and ministering, it's not just something that they figured out in their head. It's not just something that they, you know, burned the midnight oil and figured out and studied out. You can read and study, you know, as one individual said, to your eye, eyeballs are burnt to raisins, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can study till you faint and fall out. That doesn't mean you'll have revelation. You understand? It takes more than study to get revelation. One of the biggest keys to getting revelation from the Word of God is faith. Faith. Faith is one of the biggest keys to getting revelation from the Word of God. Uh, we're here in the book of Romans, at least I still am. And uh, back over in the first chapter, it talks about that. The first chapter of Romans, verse 16 and 17. It had said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God and salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein, in other words, in the gospel, in the word of God, in the truth of God, the good news, the good message, in it is the righteousness of God revealed, notice that phrase, how? From faith to faith. 
Now, I don't know whether you've understood it or not, but increasing revelation is dependent upon increasing faith. Faith to faith, revelation to revelation. Uh, that's why that, I don't know whether you, if, if you've walked with the Lord long enough to, to see it or not, but you know, uh, uh, you, you can hear a message, read a book, read a portion of scripture or something, and grow a little bit and come back to it and read it again, you get a lot more out of it. Why? Because you've grown spiritually, and in and, and parallel with spiritual growth is growth of faith. There's no such thing as developing spiritually without growing in faith. You see, you grow as you develop as you develop spiritually. You grow in faith, and as your faith increases and develops, you can get more out of things. That's why we need to keep going over the same material, the same things. Of course, the same scriptures over and over again, and the same teachings and the same truths. Because, you know, as, as you grow, you're going to get more out of it. it. It's amazing how that two people can be sitting side by side in the same place, in the same service, hear the same message. One of them be bored the whole time. The other one get amazing, life-changing revelation. <laughs> really, it's true. One sleep, another one get delivered from the lifelong bondage. That's right. That's why the Bible said, take heed how you hear. Amen. For with the measure you meet, it'll be measured to you again. You see, depending on how you hear is how you, what you're going to get out of it. Basic premises you get out of it, what you put into it, you know. That carries over in a lot of areas. But, uh, but anyway, faith is a key to getting revelation from the Word of God. And it's a key to getting revelation from the Spirit of God about a direction for life and how to make decisions. But in talking about uh, revelation and how to get revelation, the Spirit of God reveals things to our spirit just by an inward knowing. Uh, I want you to go with me to the book of Psalms and look at a couple of references here and let's, let's remind ourselves of some things. Psalm 4, and then also Psalm 77. The fourth Psalm, and then also the 77th Psalm, and we'll look at these uh, somewhat together. Psalm 4. Psalm 4. Verse 3. Psalm 4, 3. It says, But know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. You know you need conviction of that, don't you? Will the Lord hear me when I call? What's the answer? Yes. Remember what Jeremiah said? Call unto me. And if I'm not too busy, I'll... Or, you know, no, no. What did he say? Call unto me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you didn't know. He said, the Lord will hear when I call unto him. And he went on to say, stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. In other words, think about that. 
Stand in awe and sin not. You know, how many know you need a reverential fear of God? You need a respect for God. You need to treat Him like who He is. You know, some folk, you know, they, they get a little carried away in their familiarity with the Lord. Sure, you ought to be comfortable with the Lord. You ought to enjoy His fellowship, but at the same time, remember who you're talking to. And, uh, and, and treat the Lord with respect and dignity. But he said, commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. You know, that's, that's very, very real to me. I don't know about you, but that's, you know, I, that's something I practice. It's something that's real to me. Look in the 77th Psalm before I comment further on that, because this, this all goes together. In the 77th Psalm, 77.6. Seventy-seven, six. He says, I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with mine own heart. And my spirit made diligent search. Can you get a picture of what he's talking about doing here? He mentions the bed. And you'll see several times in the scriptures where the bed is mentioned in and you know, the Lord was just dealing with me a while back about some things. I began to try to try to pull myself away from our culture a little bit to try to get a bigger perspective of things. You know, have you thought about what life was like just a few years ago before the television and before radio and before the electric light? <laughs> you know, a lot of times... Uh, when it got dark, people went to bed pretty quick thereafter. Because, you know, what's the point of sitting around in the dark? <laughs> and because of that, people got plenty of rest and sleep a lot of times, and they get up early in the morning, you know, before daylight. And, you know, so many times the reason that getting up early, getting up at 4.30 or 5.30 or whatever sounds like such a terrible thing to us, is because we don't get in the bed till midnight. But if you go to bed at 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock, getting up at 4 or 5 is not that big of a deal. You know? But, some some folk are laughing about that. They think that's funny. But, uh, you know, what do you do from from 7 or 8 at night till, uh, you know, let's just say 5 or 6 in the morning? You don't necessarily, you know, you're not necessarily going to sleep 11 hours. Ten hours, you see. But a lot of times because people didn't have a radio blaring or a TV going or, or something, they'd just go to bed and they'd just lay there and think. Lay there and get quiet. Rest. Or, uh, you know, if you're a Christian, of course, pray. Worship the Lord. And I think in our society, folk do far too little of that kind of thing. They're so busy. They keep something going all the time, keep some noise going, and they don't know how to get quiet. They don't know how to get quiet. You know, the Bible said, they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. 
Do you know how to wait on the Lord, though? Do folk know how to wait on the Lord? Even what some folk call waiting on the Lord is just expending large amounts of energy. Sometimes misdirected, even. Sometimes if you tell folk, well, let's, well, let's wait on the Lord, all they know how to do is scream in tongues at the top of their voice. Is that waiting on the Lord? Do people, well, you know, just analyze the, the, the effect. Do they get built up? Do they renew their strength? Or do they act like they need to get home so they can rest because they've prayed themselves silly? You said they've prayed out, you know. <laughs> well, there are times to be fervent in prayer. Don't misunderstand me. But you've got to be careful about rebuking and binding all day long. A lot of folks are motivated by fear. They're not operating in faith. They're operating in fear and, and depending on the extreme works and, and their efforts to accomplish things, whereas faith in God's depending on God to do it. Amen. Not me, depending on not, not my efforts, depending on God, depending on the finished work of Jesus Christ, depending on the faithfulness of God, to confirm His word to those that trust Him. You understand? You know, you have to be careful. You, you know, sometimes people don't understand what you say when you, what you mean when you say these kind of things. But did you know that some people have made prayer the deliverer? We believe in prayer. I mean, we pray around here. We have prayer school. We have prayer groups. We pray, pray, pray. But you ain't got to be careful. Prayer is not the deliverer. God's the deliverer. And you've got to be careful that you don't lift up prayer and say, well, prayer is what's going to do it. Prayer is what's going to straighten everything out. Prayer is going to be the deliverer. No, the Word. The Word. The Word is the deliverer. And when we say the Word, we're talking about the Lord because the Lord is the Word. And the written Word unveils the living Word to us. Right? The Word. You shall know the truth. The truth will make you free. You know, you, you get a mixed response when you say things like that because people think, well, you're putting down prayer, but, but you're not putting down prayer. But sometimes people get, you know, they get uh, their faith misplaced and they actually have more faith in prayer than they do the Word. They actually give prayer a bigger place in their life than the Word, and that's a big problem. Big problem. You can go on and on and not get results like that. You know, you can pray night and day and not get set free. Do you know that? You can pray till you faint and fall out praying. And if you don't pray right, if you don't pray in line with the Word, if you don't pray in faith, you won't get results. You understand what we're saying? So, notice what he's talking about here. He's talking about laying across the bed, getting quiet. Learning how to meditate. Learning how, when we say meditate, we're, so many times people think of that as a mental operation so much. But so many times what you need to do is, is focus your mind, concentrate toward a certain area, and then be aware of your heart. Be aware of your heart. Now the mind is involved in these things. Absolutely. And uh, you'll find this, if you're going to develop and grow in being led, grow in being a good prayer, grow in being developing skills in the things of the Word of God, you'll have to develop powers of concentration. You absolutely will. 
And if you can't control your mind and focus your mind and keep your mind on what you want to, of course you can, I should say, if you don't, then it's going to cost you. And sometimes folk, you know, they, they go to their bedroom and shut the door and they cry and pray and cry and pray and cry and pray and are miserable all night long about something. But see, really, their mind is focused on the problem. And they call it prayer, but they'd be better off asleep. Are you with me? What they're calling prayer is really just a worry session. But because they're talking to God about some things, they think, they think well, it's all right. That kind of praying can get you further away from the answer. I've had people come to me just distraught, just hadn't been able to sleep, been out, you know, just completely upset about things. And they looked at me in all earnest and said, well, Brother Keith, I, I prayed sometimes almost all that long about it. I've prayed about this. I've prayed about it. I said, yeah, tell you what do. Don't pray about it anymore. They look at you in amazement. What do you mean? Well, don't pray about it anymore. If you think about it, just thank God for the answer. Don't pray. Don't get into crying and begging. Just thank God for the answer. I tell you, sometimes folks do that and see more results in, in a half a day of thanking God than they did in four years of begging and crying and praying. Brother Wigglesworth was fond of saying that, you know, that God would do more if you just believe Him for a few minutes than if you prayed all night long. Of course, he's talking about praying in unbelief. You understand? And again, we use prayer in such a broad sense, but I think you understand what we're talking about. There's a right way to pray, and there's a wrong way to pray. But uh, he's talking about getting quiet. And you know, if you're going to lay across the bed and worry about bills and worry about relatives and worry about this and that, then that is not good time. That is not productive time. You're not really waiting on the Lord. How productive and fruitful these kind of times are depends on what you focus and keep your mind on and what you do. You understand what we're saying here? I mean, if you're just going to lay there and worry about the problem, you'd be better off asleep. Just go to sleep. Don't do that. But it's very fruitful and productive if you can keep your mind on the Lord and on what He said. Not the problem, but on Him. And just keep your heart towards Him and your mind towards Him and then search with your heart for what God wants you to do and what He's saying to you. Commune with your own heart. and Like He said, His Spirit made diligent search. Remember what Jesus said? Ask, it'll be given. Seek, what'll happen? You'll find. But see, where are you seeking? So many people are searching up here in their head. Bless some people's hearts. I mean, they've searched up here and searched up here and searched up here. They've gone through all the files up here 25 times. Well, you ought to realize, hey, it's not up there. <laughs> all right? It's just not, the answer is not there. It's not up there. So what do you do? Look down here. Look inside you. Search your heart. Are you with me? Now you know, uh, I, I don't know if you know if I know a lot of you speak in tongues, some of you may not. 
But speaking in tongues is a great advantage in these areas. And speaking in tongues, by the way, is for everybody. Every believer can and should speak with tongues. You don't have to to be saved. You don't have to to love the Lord. But I said can and should. That's a great advantage. And the Lord's no respecter of persons. He wouldn't give me and somebody else uh, the ability to supernaturally pray out mysteries and supernaturally pray out things we don't know about with our head, supernaturally edify ourselves, as the Scripture says, and withhold that from somebody else who needs it just as much as we do. That's just not the way He is. But you know, I remember some, a few years back, I was uh, kind of going through a transition of some things. And a lot of times when you're going through a transition, you don't know, you don't really know what's going on. <laughs> and you can, boy, you can get into all kind of thinking and everything. And, and I was, I was in a bedroom by myself, just, I was thinking, thinking, thinking. What about this? What about this? And wonder about this. What? And the longer I thought about it, the more agitated I got. You ever been there? Finally, after a while of that, the Spirit of God spoke to my heart. Now, when I say he spoke to my heart, I don't mean I heard a voice. I just knew inside me what he was saying to me. I just knew it. Revelation, you see, just knew. He spoke to my heart, as we say. I just knew inside. And he said to me, don't think, pray. Now, I got what he was saying. Don't just keep hashing over things in your head. Start praying. Well, how are you going to pray about something you don't know about? Thank God for other tongues. Amen. So I just began to speak in other tongues and pray in other tongues. I said, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to pray about this. I don't know how to pray about it. You know, and then what the scripture said in Romans 8, we don't know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit helps us. And one of the ways He helps us is by giving us utterance. Amen. And if you don't believe in that, you know, uh, check it out. Don't just take somebody's idea, but read the word on it, you know, study, study the scriptures. It's a blessing. You know, if you've never spoken in tongues, then you don't know both sides. I've been a Christian who didn't speak with tongues, and now I'm a Christian who does speak with tongues. With is better. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> don't take my word for it, you know. Uh, Brother Hagin has some good material along that line, you know, and, and uh, study along it and see, see what you think. Let, let the word be your guide. Not, not just tradition and not what somebody said. Let the, let the Bible help you reach your conclusion on these things. But uh, I, I noticed that the more I prayed about it and spoke in other tongues and prayed about it in other tongues, everything's going to be all right, you know. It's going to be all right. Because the Bible says when you speak in an unknown tongue, you're speaking mysteries. And something Brother Hagin has said uh, a few years ago that, that in a service I was in with him that uh, just has stuck with me. And it's this, he said, mysteries prayed out brings revelation. When you pray out mysteries, revelation will come. Did you get that? Mysteries prayed out brings revelation. Revelation will come when you pray out the mysteries. So that's, uh, that's very important. Just, just as far as some, uh, some practical things that you can do when you're seeking direction, one, you can see right here, you can get quiet and commune with your own heart. Sometimes just lay across the bed and get quiet and seek God. You can pray in other tongues. And if you haven't prayed in other tongues, you can start today. 
Amen. You can be speaking in tongues before you leave here today if you want to. If you're a child of God, it's available to you just like it is everybody. But then also, you know, a lot of times, the Lord will lead me to the Word when I'm seeking direction. And I'll just have a slight prompting and leading to read a certain portion of Scripture. You know what I mean by that? Or sometimes the Lord might lead me to go to a service. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe a different place than what I've been or, or might lead me to reread a certain book that I got blessed with in the past or something. Listen to a tape again. Sometimes the Lord will lead you and you just have to take a step at a time. There's been many a time that the Lord had lead me to read a portion of scripture like, well, read Romans again, or read 1 Corinthians, or read 1 Samuel, or whatever, you know. And of course, you know, if you, as you're reading it, you might get in the middle of it, or get toward the end of it, and come across something that just sets off something inside you. And you go, yeah, okay, alright, alright, and you begin to put it together and begin to see it. But what if you hadn't obeyed and read? See, the, the same Spirit who's inside of you, who leads and guides you, is the Spirit who inspired the Word. And see, the, the same Spirit who inspired Genesis, inspired Psalms and Proverbs and uh, Isaiah and Matthew and Revelation. Even though there are different human authors involved, it's really the same voice talking to you through every book. You understand? And the more familiar you become with the voice that speaks to you from this book, the more quickly you'll recognize the one speaking to you from inside because it's the same voice, same spirit. You know, understand what I'm saying? The spirit of God speaking to you inside is going to sound just like what you hear when you read this. And the more familiar you are with the word, then the quicker you will identify the spirit of God leading you individually about specific issues of life from the inside. Thank God for the word. Thank God for, I remember a year, this must have been, I don't know, 15 years ago. I remember distinctly, I was in my home before I ever moved out here, seeking the Lord about some things, and I, and I was, I was wanting the Lord to talk to me. Now, I feel like I've grown a little bit since then. Anyway, but I was going, oh God, talk to me. Lord, I want you, I just want you to talk to me. Oh Lord, please talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me. And I mean, I went on and on, not just saying necessarily just those very same things, but along that line, on and on and on. Oh, Lord, I, want you, I just want you to talk to me. Just, Lord, talk to me. What do, you, what do you want to tell me? What do you want me to know? What do you want me to do? Lord, talk to me. Talk to me. Oh, Lord, I just want to hear from you. Talk to me. Please, Lord, talk to me. Talk to me. Come on and talk to me. <laughs> And really, see, the more carnal you are, the more you gravitate to the external. You want to see something. You want to hear something. You know? And really, I, I really, I guess I was looking more for, you know, an audible voice would have been great. You know, uh, a vision would have been wonderful. And God does those kind of things sometimes, but these are the exceptions. And you don't need to try to push for that. You Don't pray and try to get God to talk to you in a voice, audible voice. Don't do that. Don't pray and try to get God to give you a vision or, or send an angel to you to appear to you. Don't do that. You push hard enough in these areas and you can get into some areas where the enemy can accommodate you. 
and trick you and try to deceive you with things. That's, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. But you know, the Lord did speak to me. I don't mean in the audible voice, but just down in, inside me, very distinctly. I remember it to this day, and that must have been 15 years ago. Very distinctly. He said to me, Son, find out what I've already said to you. And if there's something else I want to say to you in addition to that, I will. But you don't know a fraction of what I've said in the book. Read the book. <laughs> and I got it. I got it. And I, I started, from then on, I thought, okay, Keith, you want to hear from God? Fine. Start reading. God's talking on every page, in every chapter. He's talking to you. Amen. Praise God. And I'm still trying to find out what He said in the book, you see. <laughs> These years later, I know some things, but there's still all kind of things in here, you know. <laughs> and so if He never said anything in addition to me, I've got, you know, all of these things I need to look, continue to look to and ponder. And you know, for so many things in life, when it comes to making your decision, so many things are already made made for you from the Word. The Word tells you what to do. Well, if the Word tells you what to do, you don't need to pray about it. Do what the Bible says. You don't need to hear from God specially about it. I've had people ask me about certain things, you know, well, well, you know, and I shared a scripture with them, what the Bible said, and they said, "Well, uh, I'll pray about that." What do you mean you pray about? The, the Bible's going to say the same thing when you get through praying as it does right now. When the Bible tells you what to do, there's no need praying and fasting. Obey the Bible. Just do the Bible. And so the Word does it. it the Word has already made your decision for you in a lot of things. But where some specifics are concerned, you do need to hear from God personally. Like, you know, when I made the decision to come go to Bible school out here, you know, I couldn't find any verse anywhere. They said, Yea, thus saith the Lord. Keith Moore at a certain time will leave his home and go to a certain place and attend the service. It wasn't in there. I had to ascertain that in my own heart. And so there are many things like that that you need to hear from God personally about. And so you need revelation. But you understand what I'm saying? Learn to follow that. Learn, you know, uh, getting quiet, speaking in tongues, reading the Bible. Uh, you know, the, you know, there's a lot of times God wanted to get a message to somebody if they'd have just gone to church. He'd have talked to them in the, in the, in the sermon. And you know, a lot of times when things like that are happening, the enemy will try to uh, keep you from going to church through different things. Cause see, you know, he knows you're going to get answers in the message and he'll try to keep you from going there. Cause you know, God talks to us, doesn't he? God talks to us through messages through sermons and then services. And so God talks to us through through preaching and teaching and messages and services. He talks to us, of course, through the Bible. As we wait on Him in prayer, He'll speak to our heart. Speaking in tongues helps keep your get your spirit real active and make you more aware of your spirit. And of course, how how is God going to lead you? Through your spirit. I've actually got directions sometimes through prophesying to myself. Are speaking in tongues and interpreting it. It applied to me. Not always, not all the time, but you know, even some situations like that. So it pays to pray. 
Pays to wait on God. You know, the Spirit of God said something to me several years ago, and it just kept coming back, and it's real to me today. And that is this. He said, if you'll pray more, you'll know more. Pray more and know more. And I tell you, folks that really pray are in the know. You know what I mean by that? They, they are aware of, of things other folk may not be. They're more aware of what's going on spiritually, and they just know more. And, I, and I, I've proved it out. I've proved it out that if I'll, if I'll spend more time by myself, quiet, spend more time praying in other tongues, what have you, uh, I know more. I know more. Have more revelation. And as a minister, that's important, you know, particularly in ministering to people. Uh, I've, I, I've proven it. I've found it that if I, if I stay, you know, what I call shut up, you know, a little more, just stay off to yourself and pray and wait on God more, that word of knowledge operates more in my ministry. I, I'm, I'm aware of more. Now, that has to do with ministry, you see. Not everybody's called a, a certain ministry place, but I'm just talking about me. I found that out. Uh, Notice, though, in talking about Revelation, that as you, as you wait upon Him, He said the Spirit of God is going to bear witness with your spirit. That's not a voice. That's not a feeling. That's just an inward knowing. Go with me to Colossians, the third chapter. Colossians, chapter 3. Boy, our time's getting away from us, and I've still got a lot of other things I could share with you. Colossians, chapter 3. Notice verse 15. Colossians three, fifteen. It says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let me read that to you from the Amplified. I particularly like the Amplified translation of that verse. It says this. It says, Let the peace from the Christ rule. Or, uh, it adds this, Let it act as umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your mind. Did you get that? Let the peace from the Christ rule in your hearts. Let it act as umpire continually. Deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. Brother Hagin said when the Lord taught him about the inward witness and how that that's the number one way that God's going to lead His people, that he compared the inward witness to a green light or a go-ahead indication. Or even use this phrase, a velvety-like feeling. Now again, the word feeling, we use that in a very loose sense because it's really not a feeling, it's a sense. It's a knowing. But these are different ways of describing peace also, isn't it? Peace. When you think about going this direction and you check your heart, well, you have a check. You're just not satisfied. You can't get settled on it. You don't know why. You can't put your finger on it perhaps, but I don't know. I just, I just, I don't have peace about that. You think about going this way, and even though your head might say, well, I don't know it, but you check your heart, and your heart goes, yeah, that's fine. You have peace. 
It's not a voice. It's not a physical feeling. It's an inward knowing. An inward knowing. A green light. Go ahead signal. Peace. He said, let that peace decide the issues. Do I do this or do I not do this? Check your heart. What do you have peace about? Because when something's right and the Spirit of God is leading you, He's going to bear witness with your heart about it. You know, when you think about doing it, and you need to go by this, you know. If somebody says, well, I, I, I prayed about that and I just don't have anything about it. Well, see, that's not a good sign. Right? I just, I just don't have anything about it. Well, see, wait till you do. And sometimes the reason you don't have anything about it is because you don't need to go that way. The Lord's not saying anything to you about that, you see. And sometimes those folk want that, they want the Lord, well, yeah, but we want it to be this. And so they try to make the Lord tell them it's okay, you see. Gotta be careful about that. Go as much by what the Lord doesn't say as by what He does say. If He gives you a witness and prompts you to do it, great, you've got direction. If you can't get settled on it and can't get direction, then wait. Just don't move yet. Wait till you get direction. Somebody said, what if you don't ever get direction? Maybe you don't need to go that way at all. See? Just don't, don't go. Sometimes people frustrate themselves by trying to get direction too early on things. You know? For instance, you know, this is a Bible school. In a few months, folks that are second year will be graduating. And of course, the big question is, what now? Where do we go from here? <laughs> what do we do? And sometimes people, you know, they just frustrate themselves silly trying to know in December what they need to do in May or whatever. June. Thing is, uh, you really don't need to know until then. Yeah, but I like to know ahead of time. Yeah, but that don't mean the Lord wants to talk to you about it right now. You understand? Now, there's nothing, nothing wrong with praying about it, but I'm saying don't let yourself get frustrated if you don't know things. The Bible said, you know, that uh, talking about uh, worrying, it says, take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought of the thing concerning itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. In other words, don't borrow on tomorrow's problems. Just live today. Amen. What are we going? You know what are we going to need to do in six months? Well, you're not there. We're going to be victorious today. Amen. And rest in the Lord. And I tell you, the more you grow in faith, the more the Lord will require you to do that. I remember one of the first sermons I ever preached. I think the Lord gave me the message. I don't know. Months in advance. And a lot of times he'd give me messages, you know, weeks in advance. Then, you know, as I, as I begin to keep on teaching and preaching, what have you, a lot of times I, I wouldn't get the message until a couple of days before of what I was going to do. Then he got to where I wouldn't get it until, you know, like the, the night before or something. And then it would get to where sometimes that I, I wouldn't get it. Until a few hours before. And then there have been times I've been standing in the pulpit. <laughs> and, uh, and, and still, and still believe in God, you know. Somebody said, I can't imagine that. Well, it's, and it wasn't because I was negligent. You understand? 
Because sometimes people don't understand that. They think, well, you're just negligent. You just weren't prepared. Oh, I could have prepared something. I had notebooks full of notes. But I mean, see, lots of folk don't understand that. It's not alright just to pick something out of the hat and share it. You need to be led. You need to hear from the Lord what to speak on, what to share on that time. Got to hear from God. And I remember I was right on the plane a while back. And it was only, you know, it was a few hours before the service, whatever, and I still, I still wasn't settled. Still didn't know. To be frank, I didn't have the foggiest idea. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I know, I know I'm taking more time here, whatever, but I'm trying, I'm trying to express some things to you. Sometimes, uh, you know, you have to say things two or three different ways for folk to get it. But you know, I think about sharing this and just nothing. I just didn't have anything on that. You know, that's okay, but it's a great Bible truth, but I just didn't have, you know, I think about sharing this. Nah. Think about sharing this. And when, when, when you get on what the Lord wants you to share, you'll have a witness. You understand that? A witness inside you go, yeah, 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 alright, alright, okay, 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 okay. This is it. Now it's time to do extra study and develop your note or whatever after you've heard from God. You understand? And so we're blasting through the air at ever how much miles per hour, way up in the sky, and I'm thinking, you know, Lord, you know, it's just a few hours, you know. You know what he said to me distinctly? He said, can you trust me? I thought, well, sure, Lord, yeah. He said, well, relax. Okay. I remember one time, I was gonna, I was gonna minister in a, on a Sunday morning in the church, and, uh, later that night, I, I couldn't get settled on what to minister. And finally, later on in the nighttime, I kinda got on something. I thought, yeah, yeah, this is good, this is good. And I studied, and I, I needed to study because I didn't know that area very well. And I looked up some things, studied some things, and I finally, I got me some good notes together, and I thought, yeah, glory to God, alright, alright. It was late, you know, it was after, it was in the morning sometime, but I thought, I got it, I got it. We go to sleep, and I went to sleep, and got up the next morning, got ready, got to the church, got my notes out. I thought, Lord, we're ready to go, you know. Started to take off, and while I'm praying, you know, before the message, the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, son, that was for you. You minister this. Different thing, you see. Now, before, before you get scared, young ministers, you know, I'm telling you some things that that, that I have experienced now after years years of ministering sometimes speaking four or five times a day okay i'm not talking about, i'm not talking about what happened the second week i was started preaching and teaching all right <laughs> but i'm saying the lord likes faith he likes faith and he wants you to trust him and depend on him and you don't always have to know everything months in advance and have everything figured out and nailed down a lot of times you just need if you got direction for today rejoice walk in it when you get to tomorrow, he'll talk to you about then. Don't try to get too much direction too early. Because sometimes you just frustrate yourself. Because in some things, the Lord, the reason you can't get anything on some things is because you're too far away from it. The Lord's really not talking to you about that right now. You need to focus in on what's at hand. And, and take advantage of that. Be a, be a good steward of that. But the peace of God in your heart will help you to settle the issue and the witness that God gives you is in life 
and it's in peace. There's peace that comes when God bears witness with your spirit about something. You know, we need to pay close attention to dissatisfaction in our heart. I remember when the Lord led me to go to Bible school. I, I had a pretty good job. And, uh, I was getting, we were getting things paid off and, and uh, I was about through building my hot rod and, and everything was going pretty good, you know, and, and all at once I got dissatisfied. I had been pretty happy, you know, as far as just with natural things. I mean, uh, uh, several people in the community, you know, they'd looked at me and said, well, you know, he's got it made. He's got this and he's got that. And, and, uh, I was, you know, doing pretty good in some ways. And, but all at once, the, my job that was a lot of folk would like to had, I got where I didn't like going to it anymore. Oh, I'd go and be faithful and do what I need to do, but I got where I just, uh, you know, just the thought of having to get up and go anymore. I just thought, mm. And that dissatisfaction would get me out of bed at night. You know what I mean? I think, what's wrong with me? I ought to be happy. You know, married to a lovely wife and got a place of my own. Got a hot rod and got a good job and what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? But I'm so glad the Lord didn't just let me sit satisfied. But that, that dissatisfaction in my heart, the Spirit of God's letting me know, no, this is okay, but I got something for you. You need to follow me. I got something else for you. You need to obey me. And it took him a little bit to get my attention in those areas, but I'm so glad he didn't just leave me alone and let me be self-satisfied. You gotta pay attention. So many times you'll get dissatisfied. I mean, you might, you might go along for years and be just real happy and content with certain things, and then all at once you just get to where Ah, it's just not the same anymore. Now, and when that happens, you got to be careful. Because so many times, when you get dissatisfied, let's say grace for what you're doing begins to wane or whatever, God's getting you ready for a transition or something, if you're not careful, you begin to look at everybody else as though they've changed. What's wrong with this place anymore? There's nothing wrong with it. It's like it has been. You're changing. You understand? You have to, got to be careful about that. I've seen, you know, where people were in churches working or whatever, and then maybe the Lord's begin to uh, lead them in a different direction. They begin to go through a transition, and they begin to find fault with everything in the church. Oh, church is wrong. Church is going down. This and, and really, the church hadn't changed. You see, something's changing in them. And it'll help you to be able to identify that. But pay attention to that dissatisfaction. When you're just dissatisfied in your heart about things, pay attention to that. Pray things out. Watch that, you see. And keep keep seeking God until you can find what satisfies your heart. And until you make the move that will alleviate, alleviate that dissatisfaction and that discontentment. When you're dissatisfied in your heart, don't just try to make yourself be satisfied and push that aside. Pray. Ask God to give you utterance. And pray. Pray out the mysteries, you see. And then whatever he shows you to do, obey it, and that dissatisfaction will leave, and you'll have satisfaction again. Pay attention to dissatisfaction of heart. Now, two more things real quickly, and then I'm, I'm, I'm trying to close. But two more things. One is remembrance. Remembrance. Over in uh, John, the 14th chapter, 
And the 26th verse, don't you remember, the, the Bible said the Spirit of God will bring to your remembrance all things the Lord has said to you. He'll bring things to your remembrance. And uh, I notice a lot of times when the Lord's lead, leading you and dealing with you about something, He'll bring things to your remembrance that He said to you. And so many times the Lord's, I mean, even way before you even know what's going on, He's getting you ready for things. Even when you don't realize it, He's getting you ready. And the closer you get to different changes and what have you, He'll begin to show you so that the picture begins to come together for you. He'll remind you of this, remind you of what He said to you here, remind you of this other, remind you of this other. And it begins to, to come together for you. And you know, uh, this, uh, this is the way the Holy Ghost operates. Uh, I remember a few years ago, I was at a certain place, and, uh, and I'm, I'm taking a little extra time, but if you guys got just a few minutes, we can get through with some of these things, because we won't be back tomorrow or the rest of the week. Uh, I know the Lord has helped me in my ministry uh, by Brother Hagin's ministry. Because uh, I've been very closely associated with his ministry for years now. Worked directly under him for years, and before I ever came, I devoured his books, you know. And, uh, but a lot of times, the Lord will bring to my remembrance an experience that He's had, or something that that has happened in His life that helps me to orient, you know. And uh, really, we may not think about it, but people teaching us, both through precept and example, is the Lord talking to us. You see, and then the Lord brings to our remembrance what He said to us through these different avenues. Uh, and in different ministerial situations. I remember a few, a few years ago, like I said, I was in another state having a meeting. And I, and Brother Hagen had been up in another church some years back, and these people were looking at a piece of property, and the Spirit of God moved on him, and he told them, he said, he said, you know, God's given you this property, don't you? Because they were kind of wondering whether they should try to get it or not. And he just said, he said, the Lord's giving you this property. You know that, don't you? And that just, I don't know, that stuck with me, you know. And uh, these people drove us by this big piece of property. And uh, they were looking at it and said, you know, it was way too big for what they needed and way too much money. But they just liked it, you know, and they wanted us to look at it. And when they drove by, that came back to me real strong. And the Spirit of God moved on me. And I thought, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, you know. But that came back. I'm talking about remembrance. So, I, I'm, you know, I, this is several years ago. I'm younger then even than I am now. And uh, I'm a young man now. But but I, being so young and everything, I thought, well, that's all right Brother Hagin do that, you know. But I don't know. Let's see. So I kind of put that off, pushed that back, but come back up again. Push it off, come back up again. Bring to my remembrance those things, you see. And then the Spirit of God deal with me about their situation. And so I prayed and prayed about it. And later on that night, I, I told some of them, I said, you know, let's just get out on the floor and pray. And I didn't tell them why. I just said, let's just pray. And uh, we got to praying. And, and, and again, here, here's getting direction from the Lord. A lot of times, if you get to praying, pray long enough, you get more aware of the spiritual things than you are of natural things. And if God's dealing with you about it, then it gets clearer and clearer to you. It gets stronger and stronger and finally, it got so big in me, I just said it. Didn't think about it, you know. I just told him, I said, I said, you know, the Lord's given you that property, don't you? That's yours. He's given it to you. 
That was a big statement. But I want you to know in a few weeks' time, they owned it. Amen. I mean, you know, like, you know, you're supposed to judge things. When they come to pass, you know, there must have been something to it. And I mean, if I, if I had time to tell you all about it, I mean, it was a miracle. They were a little bitty group. It was a great big, very recently built shopping complex, several buildings. God gave it to them. Amen. <laughs> Supernaturally. In fact, I, t- I tell you one of the, one of the things to it. In fact, one of the, uh, uh, they, they were talking to the bankers about, you know, getting it. And uh, the bankers said, well, we're not going, we're not going to let them have that. They're just a small church. They're just getting started. They can't afford that. They, we're not going to let them. And the guy that owned it, he said, well, if you don't loan them the money, I'll find somebody who will. I'm selling it to them. <laughs> and he, he owned a lot of property, this guy that owned that. And they said, well, Mr. So-and-so, that's all right. Sorry. We'll, we'll do something now. Don't, don't, don't get upset, you know. He said, I'm selling the property. You understand? Yeah. If you don't loan them the money, I'll get somebody who will. They said, well, we'll do something. And before they knew it, they were in there. But I'm saying that the Lord brought that to my remembrance to help strengthen me to realize what He was leading me to do then. That's, that's a little more of a spectacular thing. Now, that doesn't happen every day, okay? And that's, I'm a minister, and that happened in a ministerial capacity. But, uh, I just, you know, that was real to me. The Lord brought that to my remembrance about remembering. Remembering. Now, another thing, and, and this is the last point here, in addition to remembrance, is repetition. Repetition or uh, you might say confirmation. Repetition, confirmation. You know, there's several, uh, a couple of times I should say, in the Scripture where God revealed things to people and He did it twice or repeatedly. Like for instance, uh, you know when Pharaoh had the dream about the seven plenty years and the seven years of famine? He had it twice. And Joseph told him that the reason it was doubled is because it was sure. It was going to happen. And the Lord doubled the, the, the dream to him. And you know, we are not to be led by external things, okay? And we are not to try to get somebody to come prophesy to us or confirm things to us. But you know, I've found it many times that if the Lord starts dealing with you about something, He'll say it to you again and again through different ways. I mean, you might be reading your Bible that morning and get something out of the, the Scripture you read about that and go to a service and, and, and the, the preacher get on that and talk about it, you see. And you go to lunch with somebody and, and they don't know it, but they bring it up and start talking about it. You know what I'm saying? Now, we don't just go by that, okay? I'm not saying we base our decisions on that, but don't be blind to it either. Because, you know, some you know, when when four people in a row talk to you about the same thing and and they didn't have any conversation with each other, and, you know, well, at least sit up and take note and say, hmm, look at this, you know. Because the Spirit of God will, will, He'll repeat things to you in different ways. It'll just keep coming up, keep coming up, keep coming up. You need to take heed to it. I, don't, I didn't say just take that and make your decision based on it. I said take it into consideration. But in the final analysis, you go by what you got in your heart. That inward witness, that peace. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand up with me, why don't you? This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. 
For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.